welcome to another edition of The Edric Show. I am your host, Edric Jerome. And as you know, this is the place for intelligent conversation with interesting people. Don't forget, The Edric Show is now available on all major podcast streaming platforms. In addition to our YouTube channel, you can find us on Spotify. You can find us on Apple Podcasts. You can find us on RSM, rssm.com or any of the podcast uh, systems you like. Please locate us, find us, subscribe to our podcast. You can also subscribe to us uh, on Instagram uh, at Edric Show, and as we continue to grow this thing from the ground up. My guests today are Dr. Ryland Gore and Pamela Ratliff, who are here to discuss the 11th Annual Virtual Conference on Breast Cancer and African Americans, which is sponsored by the Stanford Cancer Institute. Dr. Ryland Gore is a board-certified fellowship-trained surgeon specializing in breast surgical oncology in Atlanta, Georgia. Dr. Gore is a highly sought after speaker, consultant, and lecturer on breast cancer and breast health. As a health and surgical disparities women's empowerment expert as well, and I'm pleased to have her join us today. Pamela Ratliff is an old friend of the show. She uh, is such a dynamic person. We, I literally look forward to talking to her every year when it comes time for the Breast Cancer Conference. Um, she is the program director of educational initiatives and partnerships at the Stanford Cancer Institute's Office of Cancer Health Equity and Community Engagement. Her comprehensive background and professional experience in the field of cancer and public health spans over two decades. She has received numerous awards and special honors uh, in healthcare, research, education, and community service. And again, I want to welcome both of you to The Edric Show. Thank you. You're very welcome. Thank you. Uh, uh, let's start out. Uh, maybe my first question is to you, Pamela, is uh, tell us about the conference uh, goals and topics that will be covered this year. Well, we're really excited to host our 11th annual conference on breast cancer and African-Americans. Um, the theme of the conference is helping communities better help themselves. Um, we are really dedicated to engaging Black and African-American women of all ages and all health status in this important dialogue about breast cancer to raise awareness about the disease, as well as an effort to reduce disparities and the disproportionate burden of breast cancer among those who are medically underserved here in the greater San Francisco Bay Area and now beyond throughout the country as well as the world. We've had that wonderful opportunity through our virtual platform to reach people in other countries, including the continent of Africa. So we're really excited. We have an amazing lineup of speakers uh, for this year's event covering the spectrum of breast cancer. Everything from early detection, breast cancer awareness, through treatment options, survivorship, self-care, um, mental wellness, physical activity, nutrition, you name it, we have it. And we're just really honored to have uh, these experts who all represent also the Black and African-American community come forth with their expertise to share with the community members who will be um, participating in our event. Um, as you guys know, obviously, breast cancer continues to disproportionately affect African-American women and their families. Um, what are some of the clinical and educational strategies to address this issue? And have some of those strategies changed or been modified during the past 10 to 12, 15 years? So one thing specifically that I can think of, you know, for a long time, we said screening, start at 40, start at 40, start at 40. But the truth of the matter is Black women are more likely to be diagnosed with breast cancer before the age of 40. And so that's a huge sticking point for me when I'm speaking, whether it's a conference or whether I'm one-on-one -on -one with the patient in the exam room. And so several organizations have actually come out and said, you know what, 
we should actually start screening black women at the age of 35, considering they are usually diagnosed before the age of 40. And it's hard, you know, between insurance and just all the red tape that comes along with, you know, getting treatment, not just for breast cancer, but so many other illnesses that plague the black community. It's very difficult sometimes getting those mammograms very early, but I try to do it. I go hard for my patients. Um, my youngest patient with breast cancer is 19. Mm. And so this is a big deal. Mm. And she's a black woman. <laughs> um, Dr. Gore, as an African-American female surgeon, uh, you have a unique perspective on addressing health disparities among African-American women, as you just mentioned. Um, how have you ensured that the voices of African-American women are heard and validated among your peers and your professional colleagues? You know, it's so hard because every single meeting, every single multidisciplinary conference, every, whatever it is, whether it's the OR and how we're even treat, treating patients when they show up to get their surgeries, I try to do it through the lens of what does health equity look like. And I always tell people white, black, whatever, but especially for me, um, I feel so honored and privileged to be able to do what I do when I see the sacrifice that my parents made. And so I always tell myself and I tell and challenge my colleagues, black and white, to think of, think of it this way. If this were your mom, your dad, your sister, your cousin, your aunt sitting right here across from you, what would you want for them? What would you do for them? And it's the onus is on us when we have the privilege to sit in these positions to do that. <laughs> and so that's how I approach every single patient and um, every single case, even if it's not my case. Um, Pamela, let me ask you this question. Um, you always uh, have made sure that families and caregivers play a central role in uh, the conferences every year. And uh, we've, we've, we've talked about this in the past, but I think it's so critical. Um, so can you talk about the impact of, of that caregivers and families have on women who have breast cancer and conversely, some of the resources and topics you talk about uh, to make sure that the families are included in this discussion in a meaningful way? Yes, absolutely. The, the family and caregivers are really critical. To this, they're usually the first line of, of contact that the patient has. And so it's very important for us to also equip them with educational information and resources that they can also utilize to help support their loved one. We actually have an amazing panel um, of survivors who talk about their journey living with breast cancer. They speak specifically about their support mechanisms and what structures would have been in place, whether it be faith-based um, structures, whether it be their healthcare professionals, their family members, their friends, that's very important. We have the uh, wonderful pleasure this year of also having on that survivor panel, um, Ananda Lewis, who is the um, former, she was the host of BET's, BET's Teen Summit and MTV. She's also a breast cancer survivor and she is a dedicated advocate who is trying to raise awareness as well about breast cancer. So it's going to be great to have her participate along with the other survivor champions that we have here in the Bay Area. Um, I also want to mention that we will have resources in our health resource fair that individuals can actually click and download with information about caregiver support and ways in which they can help their loved ones or their friends um, dealing with breast cancer. I, I really am so honored to have all of these experts who we share this platform with. Um, including Dr. Gore, having these experts present themselves in a way that's relatable to people, not only the survivors themselves, 
but to their family members, to their caregivers, to all those who support them in this journey, just really helps us to be able to provide what I feel is more comprehensive um, information and educational um, sources that will help people as they go through their journey before, during, and after breast cancer. Um, there's a misnomer that uh, breast cancer only affects women, but uh, as you have um, talked about previously, Pamela, uh, men are also subject to to this disease. So how have you used this, your conference and the platform, and even for you, Dr. Gore, uh, to dispel this myth and to increase the, the I guess, awareness that breast cancer can also affect men? You know, we've had a number of men actually come forth at the conference and um, disclose that they have breast cancer. Of course, we know they're a very small percentage of usually less than 2% of men actually um, get breast cancer, but there are risks associated with family history. We want to be able to have men um, be aware of this as well and provide them with this advanced knowledge just in case they ever need it. So we are, we're definitely committed to supporting men in this space as well. And I've had many sessions in the past where we've had men at, in, as panelists as well talk about their experience with breast cancer. We don't wanna leave them out of this discussion because again, when you have a strong family history, you definitely want to be knowledgeable about genetic testing and ways in which to support your overall wellness if you're at risk for breast cancer. And unfortunately, the numbers for Black men, they're way smaller, but they still mirror that of Black women. And so same for Black men, 40% more likely to die, more likely to be diagnosed with the most aggressive forms of breast cancer, more likely to be diagnosed with later stages of breast cancer. Same for Black women. Um, the statistics are harrowing. Uh, male breast cancer cases only comprise about 1% of cases, but it's usually Black men that make up the large majority of those numbers. And so the same way I um, have sit-down conversations with my women, I do the same thing with the men and let them know, you know what, you're not immune. And so the same way we tell women to check themselves, check their breasts. If you feel something, say something. Speak to your primary care physician. Get your mammogram. I, I harp on that with them as well. Two major um, um, men in the Black community who've had breast cancer are Richard Roundtree and Matthew Knowles, Beyonce's father. And so I've done conferences where um, Mr. Knowles has been there, and he speaks about this a lot, a lot. Hmm. <clears throat> um Dr. Gore, we, we touched on a little bit earlier, but um, there's a dire need for increasing the number of African-American physicians in all modalities of care delivery. Um, what are some of the recruitment strategies that you're aware of uh, and, and how can we approach this gap? Because it's critically important that we are represented in those areas or in those people who deliver the care. I'm on the board of an organization called the Student Health um, Professions Education Program. Every summer across the country, they do it. It's mainly at, you know, predominantly white institutions. But these summer programs, they're six weeks. They're meant for underserved communities, minorities, to expose them to health care and also get their foot in the door so that they can make connections and network so that um, they can eventually go on to a health profession, whether it's medicine, dentistry, physical therapy, we see a need for uh, minority physicians and um, practitioners across all of the health professions. And so I, it's an honor to be able to do that. I did it when I was in college. It, was, it had a different name, but I did it. Um, as we all know, it's no secret, HBCUs continue to be the main producers of minority um, and Black physicians. 
And so continuing to support HBCUs, um, Meharry, Morehouse School of Medicine, where I attended um, for medical school, um, Charles Drew out in California. Um, it's important that we put our money where our mouth is. And I think another thing that people don't talk about, what happens after you get into medical school, right? What are we doing to continue to support and uplift these students so that they don't fall by the wayside, whether they are at an HBCU or predominantly white institution? And beyond that residency, we get in, but the system is layered against us where you look at somebody the wrong way and they'll use that as a way to build up a case against you and kick you out of residency. So you've gotten started, <laughs> but you have no way of finishing and now you're saddled with the hundreds of thousands of dollars in debt. And so there are so many different avenues where there's a need. Um, I'm a mentor, quite a few of my friends are mentors. We do um, education um, conferences for young girls, young men. It takes more of that. It can't just be one or two people doing it. Um, Pamela, I want to shift back uh, quickly as we get ready to wrap up. Um, who are some of the organizations you're partnering with this year uh, with the annual conference? And uh, can you believe you're now in your 11th annual conference? Uh, well, I, I can believe it. <laughs> like hard work. I can believe it. <laughs> I can certainly believe it because I've actually experienced it. And we're really, again, it's just an honor to be able to work with so many amazing community partners. Um, this year, we've actually partnered with a number of people and a few I'd like to highlight are the Community Living Campaign and Lutheran Church of Our Savior in San Francisco. They're actually doing a watch party. Hmm. So for those members of our community who are disenfranchised in regards to having access to technology, they're going to set up so they can come in a controlled and safe environment and be able to view the conference. So these are wonderful ways in which we're partnering with groups. We're also partnered with the Bay Area Black Nurses Association. They provide CEUs, uh, continuing education units for nurses, social workers, and community health education specialists. We're also partnered with um, the Bay Area Disparities Coalition, um, the National Coalition 100 Black Women, San Francisco chapter, Allen Temple Baptist Church, uh, Barrier Cancer Connections, um, and uh, the list goes on. I'm sure I've forgotten people, but please know that you're not forgotten in, in, um, in my heart, but we have so many partners. They're all listed on our website, which you can find at tinyurl.com backslash 2022 BCAA for the full list of partners for this year's event. Awesome. And so for our YouTube channel listeners and viewers, we will have uh, links to all of that in our description. Um, and Pamela, maybe one more time, you can give us the particulars of the date and time. And also, um, after you do that, uh, maybe just speak briefly that, you know, just because you have the conference and the conference in, it's actually year round work. It doesn't just stop with the conference. Maybe you can speak to that a little bit, too. Absolutely. Again, we're having our 11th annual conference on breast cancer and African-Americans taking place virtually on Saturday, August 27th. 2022 from uh, 9 a.m. to 3 p.m. You can register for the event for free. There's no cost to attend online at tinyurl.com backslash 2022BCAA. Um, registration actually, uh, the deadline to register is August 24th. So please get your registration in early. Um, you can also find us, uh, you can follow us and like us on Facebook at Breast Cancer African Americans. And please spread the word about this event to others who may be interested. As Edric mentioned,
this work does not um, end with our annual conference. We have several other follow-up events as well as activities that we partner with community organizations to conduct throughout the year. We also have a great deal of support we provide individuals when they contact us um, who are recently diagnosed with breast cancer as well. I actually, we just launched um, an inaugural program, very small circle, Black Women's Circle of Change with survivors where we're actually supporting women who um, requested that we provide this in the gap while they were dealing with breast cancer during COVID-19. So Excellent. we provided this service, we started in January, so that's a huge lift uh, that we're doing, but it's again, a great honor to be able to work with these women. You can also call us if you're not able to access us online, you can feel free to give us a call. We have a toll-free number. You can reach us anytime at 1-800-333-0941 and select option one. Excellent. Excellent. Well, Pamela, as always, thank you for coming on The Edge Show. I really appreciate the work you do every single year. Uh, it's much needed work and what you're doing to address this issue and to help uh, a variety of people, families, caregivers uh, to be commended. And so thank you. And Dr. Gore, it's a pleasure to meet you. Thank you thank for you. coming on The Edge Show. I really appreciate you taking the time. Uh, to join Thanks us here today. Me. You're very welcome. Uh, this has been The Edric Show. I am your host, Edric Jerome. Don't forget, we are now on Spotify and we are on Apple Podcasts and a host of other online streaming podcast platforms. Look for us, search for us, find us, and please, please, please hit that subscribe button on our YouTube channel as well. You can also find us on uh, Instagram, uh, Edric Show. You can find us there. We want to thank you for tuning in. And as always, this is the place for intelligent conversation with interesting people, and we will catch you on the next episode.